0: Good evening, everybody. This is Ann Parsons, pinch-hitting for Julia Kulak, who is has been called on the carpet. And if you want complete details on her um, rug replacement experience today, you can uh, write me or write Julia, and she will tell you in any case. We are very happy this evening to have Bob Acosta with us, um, our host at Accessible World, and he is going to explain what is happening with Accessible World and its um, audio podcasts and what they are going to be uh, like in the future. And with that, I give you Bob Acosta.
1: Okay and and let me ask this you said you're going to edit are you shall I be your backup recorder then I'm recording and you are you'll be editing
0: Well you know I always run it through uh, Goldwave before I send it to you Bob um I always do that and I'm going to just trim the the front off it I'm not going to do anything amazing to it I'm you know I'm not going to fiddle with the volume or anything I'm just going to but I am going to trim the, the front off. Um, but, you know, I always I always run it through Gold Wave before I send it to you, any recording I make.
1: You sure do. And I'll just uh, hold this back up in case somebody crashes. And if I get yours, we'll get rid of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you probably heard me before, some of you, but commencing September 10 with a two-hour training session uh, for all who wish to attend, we're moving to the Zoom platform. Uh, On the 22nd of August, we had a training session for hosts and alternate hosts. Um, Let me say, and I won't talk too long because some of you have heard this before, but uh, what it means is you can access the Zoom platform with your iPhone, with your computer, with your Mac, with your Android, Fire tablet. I'm probably forgetting a landline. Any way you want to do it. We hear from a lot of people who say, you know, I just can't handle the software here. I can't do this. I, I don't know what to do. Well, Zoom will spell it out. Now, you don't walk in, though. You must get an invitation. So if you're not in any of the news wires, if you don't get Julia's and Anne or their comments on the fantasy list, I think there's a list there, you know, um, then then you won't have an invitation. Okay. There's no way we can send individually to each person. The invitation is the same ID number every month. So once you get it, once you get it, it recurs automatically. That room is as yours. In our setup, um, the um, the you cannot start until a host or an alternate host goes in, because we talked about that, and we just don't want guys coming in playing guitars or doing stuff, fooling around, and so forth. So that's the way it works. You must have an invitation. We're going to have news wires. We're going to have, especially with the training session, and then in the future, the hosts. I call them group leaders. You guys like Ann and and Julia. You guys are group leaders. Uh, Julia uh, should have gotten Ann and Ann the invitations for their groups. If they haven't, let me know, and we'll shoot one out to you. It's it's the same. It just stays. um, You know, you could change the time on it. It's your room. Uh, provided you have a host or an alternate what is a what is a host he's an he or she is an administrator they have a pro account it costs a hundred dollars a year for that pro account the same with the alternate host he or she is an alternate host and they can run the program too um, as, and helping hands for the blind the charity that sponsors these two websites um, has paid for many pro accounts, and and not all of them. Some guys paid their own, but they're all attached to our credit card. So we get the bill next year, the whole whole thing, I'm sure, and and we realize we, we have the funds to handle that. Um, a co-host. Let's say that I'm on as a host, but I want to go see a football game if there's one Tuesday night, or I want to go to dinner. I can make Julia or Ann or both co-hosts. Okay, and as long as they're in the meeting... As long as they're there, they're co-hosts. When the meeting ends, they're not co-hosts anymore. But the co-hosts can do a lot of things with our group. Though here, I think you'd have an unmuted, you know, just chat with each other. We're polite. We know each other. You know, we may vehemently disagree, but we, you know, people respect each other. And believe me, and we'll keep order with a with a small with a group like this. You know, when it gets to be twenty twenty five, then you can mute them all. You can let people be recognized. They. There's a way to raise your hand. All this is in the training on September 10th, again, for everyone with Mystic Access. So that's really all I have to say. It's just, it, it is as complicated as you want to make it. It's a huge, um, Alan is sending out a, a um, an overview letter. Great letter with links and all kinds of things. Uh, and, oh, my head is spinning. They have a huge help section, Zoom. Uh, But we think this is the wave of the future. We hope we're not wrong. Talking Communities was not updating. They, They hadn't updated since 2010 or 12. The developers aren't doing a thing, and a lady named Pat Seed from Canada is trying to save it. But when some of the other guys are saying it's done, you know, I won't give names, but they wrote me and said, you know, Bob, you guys are doing the right thing. We wish you the best of luck. But we like Pat, and she's asking for beta testers and uh, to help her improve talking communities, which is one of the few um, uh, clients for the blind. That's why George Buys and Pat Price and others got into it. It was essentially for blind people, but it's behind the times now, and we made it, and it was a tough decision. I was not gonna leave, after all, why would I? It was free, but they just weren't delivering. Too often you'd record, and you'd find out it didn't record, or the client would throw you out, or whatever. So if there, I'll, I'll stop now. You've been kind enough to listen to me. I almost had no choice here. I'll answer any questions and then let you go on with your what you're going to do with fantasy. So are there any questions?
2: I'm going to need some help, like a te- couple of test sessions, because they have – well, apparently there is a bug with the Macintosh software that sends the voiceover audio through the connection. And I've sent a ticket into Zoom. But I could probably do some looking. I don't know if there's a way to test it. Uh, so I can tell if I've actually gotten rid of that issue.
1: Well, one thing I can do for you uh, is give you a couple of emails. Randy Shelton has a Mac, a Mac. Okay? And also, Marshall, if you write me with your email, I can send you the book in the cloud. Uh, meet me in the cloud. This is Jonathan Mosen's book excellent book. Well, I have, have I finished it? No, but I'll bet you I know he's going to have a section on using the Mac with Zoom and I would read that chapter. You know, not the whole thing's going you can if you want but I read chapters that help me So, um, but I'm happy if you write me and give me your email in the body of the thing because I'm not good at looking them up and going back and all that stuff. You give me it and I promise you that um, first we'll get you a copy of Jonathan has allowed me to hand this out to a, I, I bought a, a few already for people, but he says, no. He said, this is so great. I'm so happy for you. Hand them out uh, to, our pe- to your people. So he's given me a link, Marshall, and you can download it.
2: That sounds like something I ought to get anyway. Uh, what's your email address?
1: Okay, it's on a lot of newswires. Bo, B-O. That's a story in itself. B-O, Acosta. A-C-O-S-T-A at pacbell, P-A-C-B-E-L-L dot net, Costa at pacbell.net.
2: Okay, thanks. So obviously, this isn't critical, giving the number of alternate ways to get in. But I kind of like to use the Macintosh. Anyway, thanks, Bob.
3: Bob, what time is the training on the 10th?
1: It would be 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And we'll, it doesn't matter the room. I think Mystic Access is going to let us, I haven't asked them yet. I want to talk to them about letting them host it, Chris Grabowski and those guys, and just because they're going to run it. So uh, it's 8 o'clock Eastern Time on the 10th, Monday the 10th.
3: Okay. I've been hearing about Mystic Access, and I don't know anything more about it. Is this a a website that I need to go to and and, uh, set up an account for, or uh, just because I I just log into all of these groups, you know, directly through um, Accessible World?
1: Mystic Access um, does tutorials. It's just like it sounds, MysticAccess.com. You can you can set up an account. You know, like you're going to buy something. They sell tutorials. They have free downloads. They have excellent podcasts on technology, and it's a very good site. And um, Kim and Chris, Kim uh, Loftus, Chris Grabowski, Lisa Sellinger. I've just joined one on the iPhone, for example, a module. I, I pay for it. We're in a class, and they're very thorough trainers. They train you on all aspects of things. And Helping Hands for the Blind has trained, paid for the training of many of our leaders who are going to be in key positions. I wish we could pay for everybody but when Marshall said the Mac, I think he wants to write to Randy Shelton. I'll give him her address and read the book. I, I don't know other guys um, with Macs. If it was a regular computer, I would. I have another trainer who's going to get me free of charge. Uh, Michael Amaro said, you know, send him over to me. But I don't think he knows the Mac.
0: Well, it should be fairly simple. All you do is download the, the little uh, applet. That's what I call it. It's a small application. And then you just uh, click the link and it automatically logs you in. If it works uh, the same way it works with a PC. But anyway, um, so that would be 8 o'clock on September 10th. And um, are you going to send out to the news, uh, you know, to the various lists the uh, link for the training, etc.?
1: Yes, ma'am. We better. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of PR. We're putting something in tidbits. Alan drafted a great letter, an overview, as I said on on Zoom, and how we fit into it and why we moved, all this stuff. And um, and we all help, We throw things in, but he really did a yeoman job, and I'm so grateful to him. And we're gonna have other things, reminders, and uh, things of this nature. The last program on the book on the um, accessible world and radar out of the past will be the ninth. A banquet
2: of books will be at here in the BookNet Room at five o'clock, and that ends it. Bob, if you need my email address, it's Emma's in Mike F is in Frank Scott with two T's at Mac.com, um, Just to save you time.
1: Okay, I'm recording this, so I'll write. I'll, I'll write to you, and I'll, if you see, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to get uh, meet
0: me in the cloud to you. Okay. Any other questions for Bob? All right, Bob, we want to thank you for coming and um, thank you for hosting our fantasy group and um, just generally for being you. So um, with that, um, I will uh, entertain folks who want to talk about their books. Now, my book, I just started this and I think... I think it's going to be good. I can't tell you really, because I've only read about ten pages. But it's called the hike, and it's by somebody with the uh, name beginning with M Marsden or something. Um, anyway, I could uh, I can send you the thing on the fantasy list. The, the blurb from Bard. It's called The Hike, and apparently this guy goes to this old resort inn for a conference, and he goes for a walk before dinner and uh, ends up in an alternate world and etc. Um, at least that's according to the blurb at the beginning of the book. So I've got him on the path to wherever he's going, and that's as far as I've gotten, but it looks good. It definitely looks good. So, um, with that, I will uh, open it up to whoever wants to. Excuse me, discuss their book next. Liz, Marshall, uh, anybody? Phoebe, what have you been reading?
3: Okay, um, since I really <laughs> don't know... Okay, I have just kind of stumbled across the J.D. Robb books. Um, the um, Eve Dawson um, series. And I'm loving it. And the reason that I guess, you know, would consider it fantasy is because it's set in, in 2058 in New York. Um, and... I, uh, I I love it because I, I love strong women characters. It's mystery, it's detective, it's who done it, and along with uh, just just some. Oh, by the way, uh, you can do body sculpting now. Or oh, by the way, you know they have cars that can both. You know, they have her. You know, driving along, and then you can kind of elevate your car if you want to get over a. a, a, a Traffic mass or whatever, so they're fun. Um, they're a fun read, um, but I kind of like what you said about the hike because it sort of reminds me of Outlander, and I've done the whole Outlander series. Can't wait for the next one to come out. Um, time travel, um, so that's one of my favorite series. And since this is my first time, I'll just kind of you know talk about a, a few different fantasy kinds of things I like. Um, I love the Octavia Butler stuff too and sadly she died in the early 2000s um, my favorite books of hers are um, parable of the Tal- uh, parable of the Talons and parable of the Sowers um, which is future dystopia where a, a small group of people you know basically have to leave their home and, and go to a secluded area and, and bas- start their own society Um so that's the kind of books I love. I love dystopian fiction, um, but currently I think I'm it, it, for my fantasy. I'm, I'm really focusing on the J.D. Robb
0: books. Great. Um, that's interesting. I I read the first in the in the D, Eve Dallas series, and I I thought they were science fiction, but I could be wrong because I didn't really like the book, and so I kind of quit halfway through. So. I can't. Um, and sometimes it's very difficult to distinguish between what is fantasy and what is science fiction. I know we had uh, quite a discussion on this uh, on the on the fantasy list. Uh, you know, how do you how do you distinguish between fantasy and science fiction? But um, we'll get to, back to that in a minute. Okay, uh, who's next? Who wants to? Uh, Tell us what you've been reading recently.
4: I'll go next. Um, this past month, I have uh, I've read the Curse of Chalion. It's by Lois McMaster Bujold, and um, it's a standalone book. Uh, but I think there are uh, two other books available from Bard that are set in the same world, uh, but they're not part of the same story um so this book uh follows the main character is Kazaril and he uh before the book begins he was uh sold into slavery and uh the book begins as he is has been rescued and he has uh, no money and nowhere to go so he decides that, uh, when he was younger, he worked as a page in, uh, a noble house, and so he decides he's gonna go back there and, uh, try to beg for a job washing dishes or something, and, um, when he arrives, he is actually made into, uh, he's given a job as the tutor and, uh, secretary for the princess, and um, while uh, while he's uh, there, uh, he finds out that the family uh, is under a curse, and he wants to help them, you know, break the curse. But uh, the only way for the curse to be broken is if someone. Willingly dies uh, for the family three times. And so uh, the book is about him just trying to uh, find a way to break the curse.
0: That sounds vaguely familiar. Vaguely, vaguely familiar. Um, I love Bujold. And um, I like her science fiction particularly. uh, But she also wrote fantasy. Fantasy. And um, oh gosh what is the name of that series oh well never mind I'll think of it um, you know it's, it's the one with the journey up and down the river and all that and um, I'll have to go back and look at uh, what Bard has under Bujold because uh, she wrote both genres and so um As a matter of fact, I met her in person um, back in, oh, Lord, 1989. Has it been that long? I guess it has. Anyway, um, she was at BOSCON, which is the the World Convention of Science Fiction in Boston in 1989, and uh, she was there. She had just... Started out and she had just published Falling Free, which is one of my absolute favorite books. I just love that book, but um, I could talk about that, but I won't because it's not fantasy, it's science fiction. So, um, but I do like that author. Very, very good author. Okay, so, um, Marshall, what have you been up to?
2: Well, I just finished the last book in a series and I'm not sure I read all of them Um, by Naomi Novik I think that's her last name
4: Uh,
2: the title of the book is League of Dragons and it's a brief synopsis would be Horatio Hornblower meets the Dragon Riders of Pern this so the whole series takes place during the Napoleonic Wars. And in the first book, this guy, yeah. whose name I've forgotten, and he's the primary, char- primary human character, uh, gets in a battle with a French frigate and captures the frigate. And the frigate has a dragon egg on it, which hatches. And he has to figure out how to feed and do all this stuff to the dragon to keep it both alive and from destroying the ship. And he travels, well, he travels back to England and gets promoted into the aerial corps. They have dragons that they fight like ships used to fight, with people jumping back and forth, as well as the dragons doing some. Inflictions, and they have different kinds of dragons, um, fire-breathing, poison-gas-breathing. Gas but he then proceeds to go around the world. So first he goes to, I think it's South America, and the dragons there have feathers since they're descended from Quetzalcoatl, I think. Uh, then he goes to Africa, then he goes to um, Japan, and then to China. In this book, it's just ending up. They're battling Napoleon, and the only scene that really grabbed me in it is they have this baby dragon hatch, which then proceeds to burn down something that sounds like the palace of Versailles. Uh, which was the only thing that really grabbed me about the book, except I think I got hooked on the series because I just couldn't wait figure out what was going to happen and when he hit the next country. Uh, I have mixed feelings about the books because they're kind of written in the style of that era, and that, for me, is a very difficult style. Plus, I have real trouble with male primary characters in a lot of books. And that was one of my main objections to this one. In addition to just the writing style, uh, your mileage may vary. I would suggest that you read them in order. I'm sorry I don't remember the name of the first one, but if you look up, if you do League Dragons in the search box, On Bard, which is where all these books are, uh, you'll get that book, and then you can get all of the books uh, by double clicking on the title of a book and then selecting the series.
0: Okay, very good. Um, All right, Uh, let's see. Is anyone else uh, here who wants to talk about a book? Otherwise, um, what I may do is, if, uh, um, well, uh, anyone else have any book they want to discuss? I, I'm not sure, um, but I wonder, is there a science fiction
3: discussion group? This isn't science fiction and fantasy together. Nope, this is
0: fantasy. Yes, there is a science fiction group run by Evan Reese. Um, and it meets the second Thursday of the month, um, and they are also going to Zoom, you know, because they're part of Accessible World. So, um, if you want information on that, uh, I can probably send you the information on how to join the science fiction group list, um, But I don't have its address at the moment. I mean, I don't have it at my fingertips. But uh, be very happy to do that. I I also attend that particular group mainly because um, I well I run mysteries and I pinch it here and um, I attend science fiction. And mainly because uh, the fantasy and science fiction groups, you don't have to read a specific book. You can read what you want to read and uh, discuss what you've been reading. Um, I like this format. And um, who knows? Maybe mysteries will change to that. You never can tell. But in any case, um, yes, I can send you that. What is your email
3: It's Elizabeth L, -L E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-L at comcast.net. And, yeah, I think that sometimes science fiction tends to be what I lean more toward. I don't tend to lean... I don't tend to enjoy um, mythical creatures and such like that. Although um I don't know, maybe if you could give me a synopsis of what what you would consider science fiction and what you would consider fantasy um, because <laughs> I think i I think I don't
0: necessarily understand how that's defined. Well, okay, um I'm going to give you my definition. I'm not sure whether it agrees with the Library of Congress definition, but here it goes. Fantasy is most usually about uh, things of the supernatural. Um, this would include ghosties and ghoulies and things that go bump in the night. This is so horror is a subgenre of fantasy. Um, this includes all your your werewolf books and your your uh the tons of of uh vampire books that have come out recently these are all uh part of fantasy it also includes sword and sorcery fantasy which is about um, is usually set in medieval type times and includes uh, knights and elves and dwarves and um dragons and uh magicians and so forth these might be uh the examples of these might be um the tolkien trilogy the Lord of the rings um the oh <coughs> <coughs> Joel, uh, what's his name, Rosen something, um, you know, uh, Terry Goodkind, Terry, um, the other Terry, uh, Terry Brooks, um, you know, uh, involving long quests uh, to save the world in whatever way, you um, Either you find and destroy a ring or you, you uh, you know, kill the bad sorcerer or, you, you know, whatever. Um, it also, fantasy also includes um, what they are now calling urban fantasy, which takes place in modern times, but also has a mythical type quality to it. This might be typified by, um, uh, what's his name? Kevin Hearn. And his books about the, uh, the Druid, the, the, uh, Iron Druid series. And, uh, various books like that. Oh, 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 What's his face? Um, Jim Butcher, um, and various other people. And as I say, fantasy must include some of the supernatural, okay? Um, It usually involves magic of some kind, um, so I say supernatural. Okay, science fiction, on the other hand, well, science fiction is just like fantasy. It comes in various flavors, but... Typically, hard, (coughs) excuse me, hard science fiction is speculative fiction which has a good deal of actual science in it and involves speculating on what would happen if a particular aspect of a scientific Equipment or theory or something that actually exists were to become prevalent in a culture. And um, it involves uh, space exploration, it involves undersea exploration, um, anything that would involve speculating on the future as it relates to science. And um, this also includes what is called soft science fiction. And that is more of a social speculation. What would happen if the society were based on X premise? This kind of stuff is typified by um, Margaret Atwood, for instance, um, who wrote... Oh, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. And it is science fiction, but it's soft science fiction. Um, And uh, so that's kind of how you define science fiction. Well, and it also includes a good deal of uh, what they call uh, uh, space opera. Um. Wars with spaceships and politics of various planets and and uh, various unions and uh, disunions of planets and so forth. Um, this is also included. And uh, Falling Free by Lois McMaster Bujold is science fiction and it involves the creation and raising of genetically engineered beings who are designed to work in freefall in space and what happens to these people and how they are treated and so forth and so on, Um, which is why I love it so. It's a great, great book. Anyway, so does that help? Oh, my goodness, yes.
3: Um, So, yeah, I I do tend to lean a little bit more towards science fiction stuff. But I have enjoyed some fantasy. Um, probably the more I, I, probably the most notable is I, I read every single one of the Suki Stackhouse novels and will probably read them again because I enjoyed Sookie's character and all of her, fan, her, her friends and you know Bill and and uh, everybody there. Um, but it's been a long time since I have read those. That that has been done. I don't know if. Kindred by Octavia Butler would be considered fantasy because it's about a, a woman. It's, it's set in the mid-70s in L.A. It's an interracial couple, and they're settling into a new home, and she finds herself just somehow pulled back into the past, and uh, she finds herself saving the life of a very small child. She, she's African American, and the child is white. She manages to somehow get back into her current, and and she just keeps getting pulled back into different points of history and finds this same white child at various stages of growing up. And he's always in this ridiculous predicament, and she has to save him and find her way back to her current life. And at the end of the book, she discovers that it was essential for her to save the life of this character who plays a very important role in her life. Um, I think that that would be considered fantasy.
2: Well, there is crossover. Uh, That quote Anne made about I know it when I see it uh, applies. For example, I would almost call this, the book I talked about as science fiction, because there are there is a genre of science fiction called alternate history. Um, The best example is the Striking the Balance series by Harry Turtledove in which aliens invade Earth during World War II. Um, So it's not like you can draw a really hard line.
0: Yeah, there are some books that that straddle the line between fantasy and science fiction, like uh, some of the Anne McCaffrey books, the um, you know some of the Dragon books of hers, straddle the line between uh, fantasy and science fiction. Um, other people have done that too, so it's a little hard to, you know, uh, some books you can say, well, yes, that's science fiction. And other books, you can say, well, yes, that's fantasy. And then there are some that are, as as Marshall said, that straddle the line. So, if that helps, I'm glad. Um, I hadn't intended on talking on this topic this evening, but, you know, just ask me to explain stuff. I'm, you know, I'm a teacher. I, I do this. So... <laughs> Anyway, any other comments or questions before we quit this evening? Okay, well, Ladles and Jelly Spoons, this is the last of the TC Conference software fantasy group discussions. We will be meeting on the 4th Tuesday of September. Let me get my handy-dandy calendar from Xavier Society and tell you what day it is. Hang on. I need two hands. Right. Uh, September 25th um, is the day we are meeting in September. So with that, I bid you a fond adieu. And uh, have a great month, everybody. Um, Wish me well. I am going to have surgery on the 11th. So whether I will be in shape to attend on the 25th, I have no idea. But I will attempt. Um, So take care, all, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Bye.